Hello, welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the AZ United SC show. I am Garrett Cleverly, and on today's episode, we're joined by goalkeeper Evan Newton. How are you doing today, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Season's going well so far for you guys. Came together pretty quickly, but it seems like the team's really starting to gel, and, and looks like you're having a very productive season in the back for Arizona United. Yeah, it's been a good year so far. Um, there's obviously some things that you know we wish would have would have gone a little better, but uh, all in all, I think it's been pretty positive uh, individually. Uh, there's just little things that you know I just continue to need to improve on, um, but I've been pretty happy so far. Uh, with how things have went and hopefully we can continue as a team uh, to take strides forward and I can continue individually to move forward as well. Well it seems like so far you know I mean the team unfortunately has had two games where you were down a man you know where a lot of goals let in but for the most part though I mean it seems defensively and you and goal I mean have have been doing really well and and in that U.S. Open Cup victory I mean that that was huge for you guys. Yeah I think um other than the two four nothing, you know, going down a man twenty minutes in, that's always tough, especially the way we play. Um, other than those, uh, we haven't conceded too much. Uh, we we probably hope for a couple more shutouts than we've gotten, um, but you know, it's been defensively okay. I think there's still quite a few areas we need to improve on, especially with the talent that we have back there. Uh, we can all gel together, I think, and and collectively do a better job, but. Um, that's what we're continuing to work on, and uh, as we move forward, hopefully uh, we can improve on that. And then with the Open Cup win, uh, it was huge for us. Uh, hopefully we can continue taking steps forward in that tournament as well and, and uh, get some buzz going around the area. As a goalkeeper, it's it's a little more difficult when, when a goal gets let in because when you're a field player, you have to let it go, you have to keep playing and stuff like that. But as a goalkeeper, you know, you kind of have time to, I guess, more or less think about it. You know, this past weekend, that, that unfortunate own goal, which – banana looped into into the back of the net I mean I don't I don't think I'm sure no one's ever seen anything like that before but you know kind of what is your mindset when when something like that happens how do you get over that and how do you refocus on the game yeah the goalkeeping position is a very mental position um and you could sit there and think about it all game and wonder why you didn't do this or that but um it's really uh you have to have short-term memory uh, as a goalkeeper and just put it behind you and move on to the next one and uh, tell yourself, hey, let's move on, make some saves for the team, keep us in the game, and hopefully we'll pull back a goal or two or whatever we need. So you got to just put it out of your mind, go back and look on, on the tape you know, the next day or so, and, and then try to figure out what you can do better. But, um, yeah, that, the one that last weekend was unfortunate, um, just really lucky situation uh, for them. And, and uh, But I just try to, I think me and the team, just we just move forward and, um, tried to get a, a goal or two, and unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. So you grew up. We'll, we'll go back a little bit. So what we, would, so everyone listening on the show, what we do is we always bring in a guest, and we'll have them talk about their life and kind of everything leading up to Arizona United. Then we'll do a couple questions from some fans at the end of the game. So you grew up in in Virginia, um, you know, the, the, you know, the, the whole East Coast, kind of that area with the Carolinas, you know, Pennsylvania, Washington D.C. I mean, so has a very rich soccer history. I mean, what was that like growing up in Virginia? Uh, it was great. Uh, a lot of talent uh, coming out of Virginia, especially at, at the current time and, and my age uh, in Maryland and, and, and definitely Carolinas at the time. Uh, I was a Region 1 kid, so uh, just growing up, I, I went through the ODP system. That was big. There was no USS Developmental Academy back then, so 
uh, I, I went up through the the ODP system and uh, you know our region region one was a very talented region and uh, it was I was fortunate to play with a lot of those guys uh, that are still playing and and some aren't but there's a lot of talent and I think that really helped uh, with everybody's development uh, throughout the the early years and then you had an opportunity where you got invited to be part of the U.S. U-17 residency program in, in Bradenton. And for everyone who doesn't know what that is, it, it's every, every cycle for 17-year-olds, U.S. soccer brings kids in there and, and they live there full time. It's in Bradenton, Florida on the on the property of you know the famous IMG Academy that has tennis and golf and all that. But as a young kid, you know when you get that offer to say, hey, come to Bradenton, come play with the best of the best, but you have to be away from your family and friends. Kind of what, what went through your mind during that whole process? Well, up until then, it was pretty rigorous, uh, you know, starting with all the ODP. I was very fortunate enough and blessed to, to always kind of go the furthest you could at this at the particular age group. So we had already been doing a lot of camps, a lot of traveling, even at the U14, U15 national teams and stuff. So I kind of had an idea. When you finally get the call, you know, it's, it's – uh, it's pretty awesome, you know. Um, you know, it's a life-changing call, really. And uh, you're now in the limelight, kind of. And 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 that whole experience for me was a, was huge, and 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 helped my development to where I am today. And um, it it also had had a part to do with where I went back to go to school. Um, you know, back a little bit closer to home because my parents were barely ever able to see me play for two years. You know, as as you know those during those teenage those mid teenage years so um that whole process was awesome i think my most exciting moment though was the first time i got called into an actual national team camp which was before residency it was like u15 and they send you like a big box of just nike gear like boots shoes flip-flops tons of clothes like whatever you can think of and and you're like this 14 15 year old kid and I remember it was like Christmas and I get this box and I remember like I just put on all the gear, everything. I was running around the house, jumping on the the couches. I went straight outside to play soccer with all the new stuff. So that was probably my, you know, most vivid memory. Like I can remember from just being super excited for, you know, the whole. It, it was funny because it was about all the gear at the time because we were all young, you know. But when you look back, it was such a, an honor to to just wear the colors, you know. So, so you weren't like uh, London. You weren't like an in school suspension when when you got the call up to the national team. No, I was not. I was not. I was sitting there doing my homework. No, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I was doing. Um, it might have even been during like the summer or something. So I, I might have just been summer break. But uh, but yeah, I was just, just came in the mail one day and 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 you know from there it's history. So and they, like you said, you you went back. So so you're part of. The U17 residency program, you know, when, when you look back on that, just that whole experience, you know, what, what do you take from that? I mean, we, you know, certain teams that you play, certain countries that you're able to travel to, you know, kind of how do you how do you wrap up that just whole kind of just you know experience at just such a young age in your life? It's funny. I was actually talking that uh, talking to Charles about it this morning. Charles, another residency kid, just quite a few years after me, but it's it's definitely a, a different experience. I mean. And you're talking about Charles Rankin, right? Correct, correct, sorry. Um, it was definitely a different experience because you're a young kid and you leave high school and you're just, you know, you, you go and you have a grown man schedule. You know, you're, you have a rigorous day in and day out schedule full of weightlifting, 
full of playing, full of schoolwork, full of going to actual school. And then on top of that, you have mental conditioning sessions with people, things like this. And then on top of that, you're now you're in the limelight where, you know, um, there's a lot of pressure from U.S. soccer because you're training for the World Cup and they want the best guys to go and represent the country well. So, you know, it's as a young kid, it's a lot of pressure um, while you're going through it. It's probably the most stressful time of your life. But it's also for me, like I said, for my development and I think everyone's development, it was um, one of the best things I've ever done. I would not change it to go back to regular high school like if I had to do it over again. Um, but it's definitely very mentally uh, taxing um, you're always wondering are you in that starting group every day you're training um, if you have a bad day it wears on you all day so uh, for a young kid it's it's pretty tough well then after leaving the academy you went to old dominion university in virginia so he's, like you said so you could be closer to to your parents and to your family and all that in, in your college years you know what was it like playing for for that program uh it was great i don't regret my decision at all um I knew ODU was a, a top 20 program every year. Uh, some years, you know, my first two years, we uh, went to the Sweet 16 and a couple unfortunate results. We could have maybe gotten further. Um, but, you know, always in the in the national scene, always in the NCAAs. So I knew it was a, a very good program that I'd be able to go to. It's only about 30, 45 minutes away from my family. So I'm for, I was far enough to kind of have my own space, but also close enough to see them since I was gone for so long. And, um, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great program, continues to get better and better, and uh, and I had a blast. And, and I learned a lot as well. I got to play a lot of games, and that's, you know, and that's the main thing there. And, and you also set a few school records when you, when you left it. But, but then, so, so you, you wrap up your, your four-year career at, at Old Dominion, and then you don't get drafted in the MLS Super Draft, but you get drafted in the supplemental draft with the, first, with the seventh overall pick by the Houston Dynamo. You know, kind of walk us through kind of the whole draft experience. I mean, it's a one-time thing, so it's, it's kind of quick. It's kind of fast. You have to learn on the spot type of thing. And, and kind of, you know, what was going through your mind with, with the whole process of that? To be honest, um, I'm a pretty laid-back guy, as you can probably hear on this podcast right now, and you know if you see me out. But uh, I got to a point where I was kind of stressed. I was doing a lot of, I was putting some tape out, getting highlight tapes, and doing all this stuff. And then, uh, really for me, it was I, I was I was told I'd be a given in the combine by both of my college coaches, who were at the time, or they're still there. But it's uh, our head coach, Alan Dawson, is pretty prestigious coach in, in the country and then Trevor Adair was there who was the head coach at Clemson forever so between the two of them they know everybody and they were both like you're you're a guarantee for the combine and I didn't and I didn't get to the combine um and I, I went to the Seattle combine but I didn't go to the full MLS one so I was you know it was, it was kind of a bummer there and uh, I had trained with DC United the summer before um and 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 did well and actually it ended up what happened what happened was the goalkeeper coach at the time at DC, Mark Simpson, he, um, I guess at somewhere at a convention or something, was talking to Houston, and they were sent, telling him how yeah they're looking for a keeper yada yada, and he spoke very highly of me, recommended me, and they basically drafted me off of, off of uh, that recommendation, and I had to go in and, and do my part and win my contract, but um, I was very fortunate, uh, f- for that happening, um, but. Uh, it was a very stressful period um, because there wasn't a lot going on. There wasn't a lot of calls and, and coaches really like coming after me a ton. And um, you know, out of the blue, I got a call from from Houston a couple of days before, and um, 
you know, it was just, it was just, it was just a God thing for me. It was, it was, uh, I just had to keep, keep working hard and, and, and have faith in it and, and everything ended up working out uh, really well. Well, you were in Houston for in 2011 for the entire year. You were waived by them by the end of the year, but but mid season though, you were loaned out to uh, to FC Tampa Bay, which eventually did make your professional debut. You know, for all the games that you played, you know, being part of Bradenton College. I mean, the first time you hear your name, hey Evan, you're going to be a starting eleven. I mean, what what was that like? It was awesome. Um, it was it was awesome. Uh, you know, and it was back kind of near Bradenton again, just down the road in Tampa, and. Uh, uh, it was a away game at uh, Atlanta Silverbacks. Actually, the first uh, I played an exhibition against Bolton Wanderers, and um, that was the first time um, they really they really gave me opportunity um, and played really really well. And uh, very fortunate to have a good performance there. And uh, they gave me a couple games away to Atlanta, away to Montreal. But it's a great feeling uh, to get out there and kind of you know you're a little nervous, but it was fun and and uh, you know. I had confidence in, in the team and myself, and we were able to, you know, get a win and a draw on the road, and and um, and yeah. So and, and and being waived by by Houston was was definitely it's, it's definitely tough, but I think they did it for my benefit because of the situation. And I'm I was, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm very you know, and after that season, I was very thankful that they kind of let me, you know, go somewhere else because I was you know because of their situation. Well then, and then you eventually joined San Jose, and you were there for two years. And then you also played against another English side, Swansea City. You, you played a half, so so clearly there's something with you and English teams. It must be that Sir Isaac Newton connection, I guess. Uh, but uh, I mean, you, you don't play in, in San Jose, you know, in the goalkeeper spot. It's it, as you said, as we talked about earlier. I mean, it's it's a mental thing. You know, there, there's there's one spot on the field for it. You know, it's not like there's forwards where different formations or you know where midfield where you know you get a five or four or six mil, midfielders out there. You know, you, you sit on the bench. For, for two years in San Jose, you don't get much playing time. You know, kind of what, what goes through your mind? I mean, how do you stay sharp? How do you stay positive? And how do you just keep pushing forward after going through that? Yeah, um, well, uh, a good friend of mine now and, and uh, a, one of my mentors, uh, John Bush, is the starting goalkeeper at San Jose and, um, you know, 17-year veteran. I won't tell his age over this because he might shoot me. But, um, but, yeah, he's been around a while, and I just really tried to soak up as much as I could and I understand that it's um, it's a process, you know, and you just go in, you work as hard as you can, and you, and you just got to have confidence in yourself. And, and for me, it's just, you know, faith in the Lord and, and you just keep working and working. And um, and and you, you got to understand that when when it's your when when the time is right, it will be your time. And uh, you just got to make sure you're ready for that. And sometimes it's it's almost bad to play too early because then if you if you're playing when you're not ready and and you're maybe too immature still or whatever um you know and you don't and you don't perform well then then everybody shuts you off you know so uh you want to get the shot at the right time when you're ready and 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 win and and you got to make sure that you're ready for that shot so um you know i i just I just a lot of talking with Bushy and Bushy has really helped me to grow and, and not only as a keeper but but mentally the goalkeeper coach in San Jose as well and and um and and I can't I can't sit here and tell you it's been easy. I mean it's really tough but um you you just got to keep grinding through and and it really is a grind. It's a it's a it's a turtle race, you know. It's not it's not a rabbit race, you know what I mean? It's it's a, it's about having a long career, not a you know, a quick success. And that, and that's kind of how I try to look at it. 
and especially for goalkeepers, you know, it seems like most goalkeepers, you know, they're, they're able to last longer, have have longer careers, and seems like, you know, kind of 30 to 40s when kind of as a goalkeeper, it's, it sounds horrible, you have to go through like, you know, years of just kind of hanging out, but but you end up at, at Arizona United, you know, when, when how did it all go down? Because, I mean, we've, we've talked about this to the other guys on the team, and it just happened, like for them, they got a call, they were out here like a couple of days later, you know, for you, you were looking for a team, you know, who, who spoke to you, was it Michael, was, was it Kevin, the GM, you know, kind of how did it all go down for you to join the team? Yeah, it's it was it was almost like an overnight thing. It's funny. Um, I remember I was going to sleep on like a f- Sunday night back in Virginia. I've been talking to a bunch of teams, and things were just like iffy, up and down. You know, interest, no, you know, whatever. Um, and I got to, th- I was like, man, maybe I'm just gonna have to wait till the summer transfer. I don't know. I had talked to uh, Phoenix briefly um, months before, and I had no idea what happened to them. And then all of a sudden, like Arizona United popped up on the website. I saw that Michael De La Russo, he was from Maryland. So I, I hit up a couple of buddies that went to Maryland, and I, I ended up getting his number. Um, actually, from my coach at ODU, uh, Trevor Adair got his number. And I called Dello the next day. Uh, Dello was like, thanks for calling, man. And he made a few calls to some people that uh, about me. And then he was like, hey, man, here's what we're going to offer you. And it was literally like, Within like two days, I had a contract, and I was out here a day or two after that. Once we figured out the flights, but it was just, uh, it really was a blessing, and 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 it all felt like I said, you just got to be patient, and and things happen, and, and when they're supposed to happen at the right time, you know. So uh, it really was perfect timing, and, and probably for a lot of the guys as well. And and there's also no guarantees in life, so they offer you the contract, and and you still have to win the starting spot because this is a first year franchise. Everyone's coming in with with the opportunity to play right away, you know. But now you're getting regular playing time, and and for a goalkeeper, that's so important to have you know be playing every single week, every single game, to be out there kind of doing that thing. And for you, I mean, do, do you are you starting to feel like you're hitting your stride now that you're able to get so many games under your belt? Yeah, it's funny. There's a lot of things that you learn when you're not playing and you're refining your game. And then there's things that you kind of lose your, when you're not getting those games as well. So, like, there's positives and there's negatives to not playing. Um, and now there's, you know, so I'm seeing the positives from not playing that I really refined. And then I, I kind of was like, well, where did some of these things I used to be good at go? And I, I'm seeing them come back now that I'm getting games. And, and um, you know, and there's still things. Corey, our goalkeeper coach, has been great. Um, and he really stays on me and he's really um, – nitpicky with me um and and that's what i need that's what i want but uh i'm starting to see that and things come back that i thought i kind of like lost and 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 things that are getting better and better so it's it's really been awesome and and the other two goalies uh mike and jacole are great to work with we're all every you know the goalkeeper union as we say is a is it's great to work with everybody and, and we're gelling well so it's been it's been fun what was the biggest thing that you learned by not playing and just sitting there? Oh man, um, I think I think it was not going back to the mental side. I think I think that's one. Um, and and you see you see the game. You watch the guys, the guy in front of you play. You watch it, and you learn to compete, and you learn how important it is, and how and how serious it is. You know when. You, um, I, I, all through my life, I was kind of the starter everywhere I went, you know, and I had during that residency time, you know, there's that competition there too. And you learn it a little bit, but you know, I've, I've played a lot of games. I started everywhere and, 
then you get there and you're sitting around for three years or whatever and you know you're not the main priority anymore and you got to really take that with your it's a hit in the ego a little bit and you got to take that and you got to be like i'm gonna I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to get better from this and you're going to grow and you realize how important it is. And then when you're in that spot, you know, when you're one day a starter, you got to be, you know, you you know how important it is and how serious you want to take it and, and you don't want to let it go. So I think you, you learn a lot of those little intangibles, um, that, you know, you didn't really think of before, you know? Well, I think you'll agree with me on this one that goalkeepers, are the best field position players. You know, the problem is they just put you in goal so you guys will have an opportunity to play. But I've seen you a couple times in training, you know, look at Dello and on a corner kick and say you want to go up for a corner kick. I mean, when, when's he going to let you go in the box and score a goal? Yeah, I know. Uh, I think I'm going to ask Dello if I can come up for penalty kicks now. Um, we've we've missed a couple. And even at training, no one's seeing those, but we've missed a couple. And so I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, make my plea for a PK guy. I, I think I think that'd be a pretty good plea. Uh, quick, quick, quick question though: Does Corey Robertson have the hardest? He's the coach. He's the goalkeeper coach. Man, he whips those shots in there pretty hard. I mean, he might have the strongest shot on the team out of anyone. He hits the ball well, so it's nice to have him, you know, hitting him at you at training every day. But no, he hits the ball really well, and uh, we have a couple other guys that hit the ball real well too. Um, but yeah, usually keepers can strike the ball pretty well because you're 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 hitting it on the other guys at training every day, you know. So uh, he he definitely whips them in pretty good. That's what I'm saying, man. Goalkeepers are the best field. Okay, wait, real quickly before we get into the fan Q and A, on the, out of all the guys in Arizona United, you know, because because they take shots on you guys all the time. I mean, after after practice, I mean, I see guys hang out there all the time and work with with you goalkeepers. Who is the toughest guy to stop the shot on Arizona United? Oh man, you're gonna get me in trouble. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. There's a, we have a lot of good guys, and guys are different. Um, to be honest, jeez, uh, I can't. Even, I mean, Brandon hits the ball pretty hard, and he can, and he can pull it back and hit it with the inside of his foot pretty hard as well. Um, I don't know. He's popping in my head right now in terms of when he's in goal. Bradley hits the ball hard. Top hits the ball real hard as well. Um, I, I, w- I would say, you know, Castle can strike a good ball. Uh, you know, Scotty hits a good ball, but he doesn't shoot it a lot. Um, you know, so we have, you know, we have we have quite a bit of guys that strike it real well um, and pretty clean. Who's the toughest, though? I mean, there has to be some guy that just has your number. Nah, no one has my number, and I, and I hope they're listening right now. Spoken like a true goalkeeper. All right, we've hit the fan Q&A. We have put out a thing on Twitter and on Facebook. So if you're listening and you want to ask questions to Arizona United SC players, pay attention to our Facebook. Make sure you like us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter because we'll do this once a week where we get a player to come in. We'll put it out. You can ask questions. Uh, first question comes from Christopher Larson. How has playing in the USL Pro been? It's been great so far. The standard and the level um, has been uh high uh to be honest I, I didn't know what to expect coming down um but it's it's been real 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 close um i think i think the games are just as good as mls reserve games if not even better um and, and you're playing and it's it's nice to play for something play for points and so uh, i think the level has been great next question comes from john mcpherson um why did you decide to be a keeper and uh, second question, part of that, because he has two questions. The other one's good. Who was your favorite keeper growing up? 
Um, how did I decide to be a keeper? Is that it? Uh, I decided to be a keeper because I'm not fast. So when I was growing up, um, I played on the field and in goal until I hit like 12 when ODP started. And I, I made a decision like, what do I think I'm going to go further at? Center midfielder, which is what I was, or uh, goalkeeper. And I thought I'd have a better chance at being a goalkeeper. And I enjoyed it. When I was younger, we used to put the cushions down from my couch on the floor, and my dad would throw the ball across the living room, and I'd dive on the cushions when I was like, you know, six, seven, eight, and I, you know what I mean? All growing up, we'd, we'd have fun. So that's kind of how I, why I became a keeper, because I just didn't like running, and I wasn't very fast. And uh, my favorite keeper was Peter Schmeichel. See, it's, it's funny you mentioned that you're not fast, but when I watch you play, I mean, you're very quick off the line to go to make yourself big, you know, when, when a ball goes through. And how, how are you able to do that? Because you say you're slow, but I mean, it definitely seems like you're fast coming out of the back and making some of those huge stops. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I think I'm quick for, if, if you did shuttle runs for like five yard shuttle runs, I would put, you know, maybe eight yards. I would put myself against anybody. Uh, I think I'm pretty quick over for a few yards, but anything over like five to eight yards, I'm super slow. Are you the slowest on the team? Uh, I don't know. We have not raced, so I'm not sure but I would probably put myself in the lower half. That's a definite yes then. Uh, next question comes from Jordan. How does it feel to be the chillest bro on earth? That's definitely my boy Jordan from that played with at ODU. Um, it feels great, and um, I think it's just appreciated from everyone around me. <laughs> and the final question comes from Gilberto Hernandez. How did your time in San Jose prepare you for this current role with Arizona United? I touched on that quite a bit earlier on, I think, but um, you know, it really just taught me those intangibles. Uh, working with uh, with Bushy was I learned a lot from him, and and we continue to talk. And and, and you know, uh, the goalkeeper coach there, Jason Batty, was great. And so uh, I think just being in that environment, training with those guys every day. And, uh, and and having those guys that are are, are spending some time uh, helping your your growth is is key. Well, Evan, that wraps up the AZ United SC show. You guys are home this weekend hosting Chivas USA Reserves. And then next week on Wednesday, you're hosting Oklahoma City Energy FC in the third round of the U.S. Open Cup. So uh, good luck this weekend and good luck next. Thank you. Thank you. Come out, support, be loud. And uh, everybody just chill. Wait, wait, wait. I, I got one more final question. So, so LFR has the we have Newton chant, and every time you make a stop, yeah. Matt Castle came on and he said that they want to make him a song to his song that Calvin Harris summer song or whatever. Do you have a song that you'd want LFR to make a chant to for you? I think I want a song from the Backstreet Boys. You are my fire, but throw in something with Keeper, you know. But I was huge Backstreet Boys back in like fourth and fifth grade. So if we can bring out some unified Backstreet Boys throughout the crowd, I think I think everyone would dig it. Wait, how, how's that song go? It's, it... it's you are my fire, my one desire. You know, that kind of thing. I hit the high notes pretty well, but um, I'm going platinum soon. So look out for the mixtape. We need to have an Arizona United karaoke. So far, I've gotten you, Matt Castle, and London to sing on the show. I don't think London sang. London got scared, didn't he? London got scared. 
I, I think you're right, London D gets here. We still got to do an Arizona karaoke night one night. Sounds good. All right, well, Evan, good luck this weekend. Good luck next, and uh, and we'll see you out there, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And one more thing. Evan has something to tell all the fans who are listening to the show. I just want to say, if we get 50 retweets of the link on Twitter or 50 shares on Facebook of the link to this podcast, spread the word. If we get 50 on, on either or, I'll, I'll throw out a free pair, maybe two, depending on how many we get of gloves at the next home game. So make sure you share, make sure you retweet, get the word out to people about the team, and we'll see you this weekend. And you'll, of course, sign those goalie gloves, right? They will be signed. And that's this Saturday when Arizona United SC hosts Chivas USA at 7 p.m. at the Peoria Sports Complex. And then on Wednesday, as we said, May 28th, Arizona United SC hosts Oklahoma City Energy FC in the U.S. Open Cup third round. We have special ticket prices for that match, so make sure you check ArizonaUnited.com. Make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for all the recent news. For Evan, I am Garrett Cleverly. Thank you for listening to the Arizona United SC Show and Walk United.